Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today, I can already tell just from reading this woman's bio, looking at her website, of course, reading her book, that we're going to have so much fun because we're going to be talking about telling stories and how to do that from a business perspective. So please join me in welcoming Kathy Goodwin to our program today. Welcome, Kathy. Well, thank you so much for having me, Deb. You know, this really is going to be so much fun. And so let me tell people about you and then we'll just jump right into this. So Kathy Goodwin is a copywriter and content strategist. Her superpower is turning complex, potentially boring ideas into fascinating content that your audience will actually want to read. Many of her clients specialize in financial services, personal finance, tech, real estate, and business coaching. In her earlier life, Kathy earned an MBA from the Wharton School <coughs> Excuse me, and made a sincere effort to enter corporate life. Realizing she was far too much a maverick, she earned a PhD at UC Berkeley and spent 20 years teaching in business schools all over North America. Her first online website focused on midlife career strategy. She learned copywriting to promote the site and now works exclusively with online marketing. Kathy has lived all over North America, including Alaska and Canada. She's moved so much, she even published a book on relocation. Now she lives in Philadelphia with two cats. Her non-work interests include ceramic sculpture, stand-up comedy, and fitness. She's also a big fan of the WNBA, especially the Seattle Storm, and tries to ignore the Eagles. Eh, don't we all? So please join me in welcoming Kathy Goodwin to our program today. Oh, thank you so much, though. I'm delighted to be here. I love your introduction. You know... Now, let's be honest, you wrote it, okay. um, but of course, that is part of what we want to talk about, is how to tell your story in a way that's interesting, in a way that piques someone's attention, you know, all those various things, because we've all been told, as business people, you have to tell a story. And, you know, and, and, and I love your book because part of it is about the fact that we may not have a story. When is a story appropriate? All of these various things. But let's start back again with your story. Tell us a little bit more about yourself and how it is that you've reached this point in your life. Well, as I like to say, I, a lot of people just do not have a story when they start. Mm -hmm. And what I have found is over, the, over time, I started, as you said, with a, a career website. Mm -hmm. I learned copywriting to do it. One of the things that became so frustrating to me was over the years, people kept saying, you have to have a story. Right. Of course, copywriting in general, one of the things that drives me crazy is people say, you must do X, you must mm -hmm. do Y. Yes. And, most and that's the only way to do it for yes. this week. 
Oh, yeah. And some of them even come out and say, if you don't do X, your, mm -hmm. your business is going to fail. Mm -hmm. right. Guarantee. And of course, we know 100 people out there who have a business doing X and <coughs> failing. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that drives me crazy with storytelling is people would say, you must have a story. And it must be a story that is a hard luck story. Right. It must move the reader. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people just don't. Mm -hmm. I mean, one of the things that got me was a long time ago, I was attending a book reading. You know, we used to have bookstores of books. Right. Oh, I, hard copy. I know I love those but this woman had written a book on loneliness mm -hmm. so it was natural for people to say well what made you write the book mm -hmm. and of course the story people were expecting was something like oh I had this problem with being lonely and I learned mm -hmm. x and y and I became less lonely but actually what she said was probably the truth. She said, you know, I was talking to my publicist about what book I should write next. Oh, it's no. true. And my publicist says, well, you know, loneliness is hot. Why don't you do that? Oh. I'm like, she really said that. And that's when I realized we have to stop looking at stories. Mm -hmm. And this is a, a long time ago because you could see she did not have a story. Right. She she did not know what to do when people mm -hmm. asked her that question. Mm -hmm. which, and there were several things she could have said. I mean, it was kind of a funny story, but... <laughs> but it makes the point that, that this is what actually what I would call, we'll, we'll be talking about this later, mm -hmm. a concept story, because it mm -hmm. illustrates a point that is potentially difficult to make, which mm -hmm. is... Not everyone has a story. Mm -hmm. She certainly, well, I think she did. If she, if I had been coaching her, she would have had an excellent story. She right. would have said, she might have said something like, my, I, I know a lot of people are lonely. I, I mean, right. Or even she could be honest. She could mm -hmm. say, you know, there are a lot of books coming out about loneliness. Mm -hmm. but I don't think they're getting it. I think mm -hmm. they're missing a point. Right. That's why I wrote this book. Mm -hmm. That's a mini story. Right. And that would have been perfect. Honest. It would have been fine. But instead, she was just blurted out. Right. <laughs> they told me I'd make money. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think a lot of people in business, that would be their story. I mean, when people ask me, how did you do X on certain things? Well, I stumbled into them. I mean, right. I've stumbled into a lot of things mm -hmm. in my life. So why did you move here? Well, I don't know. It just mm -hmm. seemed like a good idea at the mm -hmm. time. You know, but you can't say that. Right. And you, if, you know, if you say that, people get a negative impression. Mm -hmm. So what I'm trying to do is get people away first from the idea mm -hmm. that they have to have a story. Mm -hmm. Or if you do have a story, it's not about you. So some right. of my best stories are not about me. Mm -hmm. Like the one I just told is really a story about how mm -hmm. I came to interest. Perfect. Mm -hmm. interested. I could have a story of someone says to me, what? You know, well, how do you work with clients? I would talk more about a case study, a mini, a story mm -hmm. of how I work with clients. Right. Or, uh, what are you good at? I could tell a story about how I work with a client. Mm -hmm. It's not always about you. And in fact, talking about you can backfire. Mm -hmm. And I've seen, some, I'm sure you have too, I've seen horrendous stories right. when mm -hmm. someone says, well, tell us about your childhood. No, do not talk about your right. childhood. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you if your childhood was on the street because your home was so bad, mm -hmm. you couldn't go there. If you're a life coach who works mm -hmm. with people who are in trauma, it's a great story. Right. But if you're a CPA who's looking for new clients, no, that you right. should never tell that story. Mm -hmm. And right. people need to understand that, that, that sometimes you, you choose your story, mm -hmm. choose a story that makes you come across as an expert, mm -hmm. and you choose a story that makes you not only look good, but your clients resonate with. That's a whole right. other topic. of mm -hmm. Because I have stories that are very exciting <laughs> to me, but 
I, one, I'll give you another example is that when I do, st- I love doing stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. And I thought at one point, and people were saying to me, why don't you write about that? Write about what you do. Write about your, your life. People do not want to hear that I do stand-up. Because <laughs> a lot of people are terrified. And they actually, I've seen people actually go get that freeze look and walk away. Mm-hmm. And say, oh, I do stand-up comedy. No, right. I don't want to hear this. Because they're terrified. It's not mm-hmm. something that they think they could ever do or want to do. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I've, I've learned, I just... And also, when we talk about archetypes, I'll explain why it's I should not even be talking about my personal life mm-hmm. because it doesn't fit with who I am and how mm-hmm. I, I promote myself. Mm-hmm. Right. So your book is called Grow Your Business One Story at a Time, How Strategic Storytelling Helps You Stand Out and Succeed in a Crowded Marketplace. Mm-hmm. And there are lots of, lots of good messages in it. Um, but, of course, the, the, one of the biggest is that if you're telling a story, and we'll really talk about, you know, we, you know, when stories just aren't appropriate, but it absolutely has to match the audience. And that's a lot of what you've already been talking about. So, you know, the problem is, you know, when you start working with people, they go, oh, I don't have a story. What am I supposed to do? I don't have a story for that audience. Kathy, help. <laughs> well, what I would do is ask them first, what is the purpose of their, their communication mm, at that time? Mm-hmm. So if you want to, maybe for, I'll give you an, another example. Mm-hmm. I was doing a talk in Philly for some people who are tech people. Mm-hmm. It was one of those special events for people mm-hmm. who are, in, and we have a lot of people in Philly who are high tech and mm-hmm. work on, you know, those esoteric developmental web development, mm-hmm. that behind-the-scenes stuff. And that was the audience. And they wanted to talk about storytelling mm-hmm. and about, you know, I was trying to explain to them about copywriting. And one of the metaphors I always use is that I want to explain, the reason I use this metaphor, it's very important to explain the role of the copywriter versus the role of the designer. And mm-hmm. that is very hard to get across. Mm-hmm. So I'll tell you, I use this little metaphor that works 90% of the time, maybe 95%, especially in Philly. And you have to understand, when I was talking, using this metaphor, the Eagles, our, our football team, had mm-hmm. just won the Super Bowl. The, there was no way you could escape the Eagles. From right. And this was a predominantly male audience. Mm-hmm. So I felt totally safe in using my, my little metaphor, which right. is that when you create a website, the, the copywriter is like your quarterback. The copywriter d- decides what to do and gets the ball down the field, calls the plays, does this. And the the designer is like your offensive line. The designer protects the message, makes sure the message gets through, and, and makes sure that it's, it's easy to read the message, you know, just like the offensive line does help the quarterback get down the field. So I tell this, and I'm looking at these guys, as they said, mostly, and they're all looking at me total blank. Oh, no. I, I found the only audience in Philadelphia. Did not like football. <laughs> that doesn't, they don't watch it. They, half of them did not know what an offensive line mm-hmm. was. It was funny. So I use that as an example mm-hmm. that you have to think of the purpose of your right. story. Now that normal, and also your audience. Mm-hmm. Now, there's no way I think I could have known that. So what, mm-hmm. of course, what I did, I turned it into a joke and said, mm-hmm. I, you don't get that. Let me explain this another way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I had to. But, mm-hmm. but no matter how carefully you try, you are not going to get 100%. And when you use actually a metaphor and a concept story, which is what I was doing, this mm-hmm. is concept, that's where you can backfire the most because mm-hmm. people will hear things in their own way. Right. So you, you have to find a way to resonate mm-hmm. with the audience. Right. But that's but that I still think that's a great metaphor and mm-hmm. I use it all the time. And ninety percent, ninety to ninety five percent of the time it works. Right. Oh that's, yeah. Yeah. So you well, do your best. and you know it's it's interesting. I actually got heckled 
heckled at a presentation one time. And it was because I had not done my due diligence in advance and, you know, and and really thought through who my audience was. And so I was giving a presentation on LinkedIn, on a LinkedIn in a job search to uh, engineers. Mm. And, you know, you, you can already tell I like to talk a lot. I, and I tell lots of stories, you know, all these things, all the people who've, who've listened to the program for, for a long time or even once or twice know I tell stories. And so I'm telling stories, you know, and, and that's how I'm, I'm going through this LinkedIn presentation. And this man who had come in late. So he's in the very back and he'd made an, uh, you know, he, he made a production of coming in late. And, you know, so he's one of those people anyway. He stops me, raises his hand. And long story short, you know, he, he did not like that I was telling stories. And so what I figured out very quickly was this was a group of engineers. They wanted data. They wanted numbers. They wanted stats. They did not want anecdotes, which yes. was what I was giving them. And, you know, and, and so I, you know, I, I acknowledged Mr. Heckler. And, and now the funny thing, you know, oh, he, he ended up stomping out, but that was very bizarre. Um, but, you know, I told him, I said, you know what, you're right. And, and I was able to switch my mind in mid-program and give stats, give data, because I was well enough prepared to be able to do that. And, um, you know, but, but yeah, if I had, had just common sense would have told me that engineers at least want some numbers, want some data. And, and so, yeah, that's where it's, it's important to really think about who your audience is, whether you're writing or whether you're actually telling the story. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Some, I think it depends on the audience specifically. Some mm-hmm people who I would have thought would not want to hear about stories. Like I've been in networking events with a lot of people who are in finance for some mm, reason. Right. They show up mm-hmm. at a lot of my events. Mm-hmm. They love stories. And I'm actually, yeah. I think it's really important. And the engineers, I, I think some of them probably loved it, even though right. they, they were quiet. Oh, but, yeah. And this guy, he was a bully. Let's he was just, a bully. You know. yeah. mm-hmm. so, because what they need stories, actually engineers, tech people, the people I like to work with, finance people, mm-hmm. uh, some coaches, they have esoteric, very technical material mm-hmm. that can be dry as right. dust. So and they want they, to be entertained. They need stories mm-hmm. because, right, and when they talk to their audiences, which is what's really important, mm-hmm. they need stories mm-hmm. because they need to show what their points are. They need stories that explain what they do. Mm-hmm. I've actually been in a debate, some, some of them think that they need to be out there and explain who they are and tell their life story. But in some fields, you don't. You really need need stories to explain what you do. So it goes back to your question of what, you know, how do you use stories? And the first question you ask is, what do I want the story to do for me? Mm -hmm. Not enough to say, well, I'm just going to tell a story. You think, what is the purpose? Mm -hmm. So um, another example was one guy was giving a talk years and years ago. I went to a well, not that long ago. I heard someone give a talk, and he was talking about, he wanted to do an introduction to uh, his talk, and he started out by saying, well, it's such a beautiful day. I'm sure you'd all rather be outside than be here, and it's like, no. What he should have been doing is using something to establish his credibility mm-hmm. right from the beginning. So what he should have said, if he were my client, I would have said, okay, what do you want to do at the beginning of your talk? Do you want to show that you're a credible person that you to deserve that giving that talk or if you're already famous you might want to show that you're a human person that's why someone like Brene Brown who you I'm sure a lot of people have heard of if you, mm-hmm. you know Brene Brown she 
is in, incredibly well known in a certain circles. And in any audience, they know who she is. They know she's big and famous. So mm-hmm. if she can get away with talking about something that's very behind the scenes, mm-hmm. that's very, you know, very personal, and it may make and her type of audience likes that, it makes sense because her purpose would be to say, "Hey, I'm on your level." Mm-hmm. That's her purpose. Mm-hmm. And she wants to really diffuse any any potential fear that people might have mm-hmm. that, that she is just so distant that they, they can never relate to right. her. But it's your purpose. And if you don't start with your purpose, that's how you get the backfires. Mm-hmm. And that's how you get these cringeworthy moments when you're in the audience. Like, did he really say that? Right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, that's what you want to avoid. Because mm-hmm. right. I don't remember a word that speaker said. I just remember mm-hmm. that he began by saying, oh, don't you wish you were somewhere else? Right. Like. Because then you went there. You started thinking, oh, yes. yeah, I would like to be doing that. You know, all of those yeah. various things. And he, he could have easily said, rather than being outside enjoying the day, here's why it's going to be good for you to be yeah. here. Yeah. You know, and, and, he, and yeah, so just as simple as that little twist, he, he would have brought it back in. Yeah. Or he could have just jumped in and started mm-hmm. to talk like, you know, this is going to be because, you know, it's like when you're watching a movie or a television mm-hmm. program, you're so hooked, you don't, you don't want to be anywhere else. Right. That's what you want to, you want to just hook mm-hmm. people. And if you've chosen your topic and your story, you will. And mm-hmm. the main thing is think of your purpose right. and, and, and don't, don't go off your purpose. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, one of the things, Kathy, that I always wonder about when we're talking about any type of story at all is how truthful does it have to be? You know, and now I'm not saying can we flat out lie? You know, and, and, and actually there are times where you can, you know, I mean, you can say in the fictitious world of, blah, blah, you know, whatever, but you know, can, can, can you elaborate? Can you, I mean, you know, that is one of those things that, that has always been something that I wonder about. I think the key rule here is you don't want to be misleading, okay. especially if you're persuading. Mm-hmm. You don't want to say something that would get someone to hire you, mm-hmm. where if they knew the truth, they probably would not hire you. Right. That's the rule that I would go by. Okay. Where you, would, you want to be, so for example, if you are telling a story about how you helped a client, mm-hmm. a lot of times you really cannot tell the true story because right. you have to your client. Yeah, depending on what it was, yeah. Well, I used to, when I first started, being from academia, I was always saying, very careful to say, I've changed the details. Yes, and now the I don't. have been changed to protect yeah. the innocent. <laughs> right, or the guilty, yes. Mm-hmm. And so now what I do is I, I just tell the story. And mm-hmm. so it might be, for example, someone in accounting, and I change mm-hmm. to engineering or something mm-hmm. like that. And, or I might change a male to a female or the mm-hmm. location. Right. And I might even change details of the project. Mm-hmm. I might... I'll pull two or three projects mm-hmm. together, and and now I do that, and and I do. But I think the key is to be just to, to really be very, very aware that people are going to use what you say and in a decision to hire you, mm-hmm. and you can you can do that. And some of them will be taking what you say very literally. Right. I do stand up, and I know that will, some of the people are going to say, "Oh no, we hate stand up." But um, but I do. And one, it was funny. I have a, I've been working on a routine. I just been I've been practicing, and it's a lot of it. Of course, is totally made up to be funny. And mm-hmm. Joan Rivers was like, "If you right, you know, oh, she yeah. talk about her daughter and her mm-hmm. husband." And it was, and I to my utter horror, I found out that someone actually thought I was doing all these things. I was oh, joking. No. 
Yeah, like, no, no, I do not lead that kind of life. I really, really don't. And so some of it is based on truth in, in my life. And there are some comics who do really bring things out from their life. But mm -hmm. when you're in a comedy show, you, you need to be aware that this is not truth or dare. This is right. not mm -hmm. con true confessions. Mm -hmm. And I think when someone is telling a story, uh, you have to think of, of what, you know, what, what's going on. Now, mm -hmm. I would go back, if someone said that, I'd say, well, what, what kind of story do you want to tell? Mm -hmm. And why do you want to tell it? And a lot of times, if it means a really distorting something, we can find a way to change the story. Mm -hmm. you know? So for instance, let's say someone is brand new in their business and they want to talk about the kind of results they could deliver. Right. We could say, what I say is, well, don't, you know, just make it clear you haven't done this, but you can say very gently, well, when you work with me, here are some scenarios of what you might mm. expect. Mm -hmm. The word scenario is actually used to mean imaginary or right. Or, mm -hmm. or it could be real, but here are some scenarios you might expect, and then you go and you deliver them mm -hmm. because you haven't really said that. But most people, the story is really just a way to get to know you, to open a dialogue. So I wouldn't worry too much uh, unless the way it might backfire is, well, two ways. One is if they found out immediately, if you had presented something as true. Mm -hmm. some, well, another story, there was a very well-known marketing coach who uh, a very out there, very uh, dramatic type person. And she used to tell stories about how she was starting out and how she maxed out her credit cards to do this and maxed out her credit cards to buy new clothes, to travel. And by the third time, it's like, you know, if you keep maxing out your credit cards, right. you're not going to have them. Somebody's going to cut them up. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. So I mean, at that point, she lost credibility with mm -hmm. me. And I don't know, maybe or maybe not with her audience. Mm -hmm. but that's clearly um, something that that, that can happen. The other thing is, if you tell a story as yours that's been published elsewhere, mm -hmm. I once heard a speaker at a dinner, and he should have known better. He was being paid to speak, a paid keynote speaker. Mm -hmm. He told a story out of one of the Urban Legends books as if it had been him. Oh, oh no. I, 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 that was the introduction. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't pay attention to a single word. Oh, yeah. That. Mm hmm it was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And and, I, and this is someone who is a trained speaker. Mm -hmm. He should definitely know that. Or and I, I've seen it with, with very amateurish comics. Sometimes I'll tell a joke that they read in the Reader's Digest mm -hmm. or New Yorker as if it were theirs. Right. Never, never do that. Mm -hmm. If you're going to make something up, at least make it up. If you're going to mm -hmm. be, it, I'd rather see that because at least it shows you thought about it. You thought right. about the question and mm -hmm. maybe you have a new take on it. Mm -hmm. So those are the times when you absolutely have to be careful right. or you, right. you will backfire big mm -hmm. time. Right. Yeah, and it's interesting. I heard an example just this morning of one that, it, 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 in my mind, needed scaled back. And it, and the funny thing, it probably, in fact, I'm I'm assuming it, that it is true, but it's so out there that I was like, no. Um, and so it, it was it's a, it was a commercial on the radio station, and they were talking about um, an injection for a knee joint that can help you when you don't have to have surgery, blah, blah, blah. And so the person telling the story was a professional athlete, a former professional athlete who could just barely get up the stairs. He goes, he has this injection, and within one week is walking over 100 miles a day, or not a day, a week. Yeah. Now, he is a former professional athlete. So it's, it is conceivable. But, of course, my first thought was no. 
not a hundred miles. And, you know, especially just one week after, gee, I can't get up the stairs. You know, it it was just too unbelievable. Even if he'd said 50 miles, I might not have believed that, even though that's only 10-ish miles a day. Um, You know, and, and so that's kind of the problem sometimes that people have too, is when they're telling the real thing, it might be true, but it's it's not believable, um, yeah. you know. And, and that's where it's it's hard to kind of scale it back. It's, and now sometimes now you know if, I mean if you were talking, you know, you, I mentioned in your bio that you deal with financial planners. I mean, if somebody quadrupled their money, okay, yeah. that's fine, you know. And and yeah. but you know you wouldn't want them to tone it back and say they only made twice as much. But you know, so sometimes you do have to have that unbelievable yeah. thing in there. But but yeah, you know, he was it, within a week. He was walking over a hundred miles. Now, yeah. yeah, no, you're right. Well, first, when you're dealing with people like planners and lawyers, they have rules. Mm-hmm. And okay. I always tell mm-hmm. them before, look up the rules and tell me what they are because they yes, vary. yes. What what do state, I need to right. follow? Because mm-hmm. they vary from state to state mm-hmm. in some cases. I and people are different in the w- mm-hmm. way they're willing to go out on a limb, mm-hmm. but they're not allowed to say to promise. Right. So, have, mm-hmm. but when you there are techniques when someone has a promise, if it really happened and it's unbelievable, there are ways to tell the story. Mm-hmm that I, I work on individually where you could make it seem credible. Right. And there are things you could do. You could, for example, instead of just saying he went from this to this, you mm-hmm. could talk about his rehab. You could talk, you could make uh, stretch the story out mm-hmm. and say the first day he did this, the second day he did that. Right. And by the way, you know, we were, he was surprised. And so but you'd have to tell it very matter of factly. Mm-hmm. You have to use language. So I actually have had this, I actually wrote a blog post on this a while back about what to do if you have an unbelievable promise mm-hmm. and you can do that. You can, you can create that. You mm-hmm. can, but it's the way you tell the story. Right. And it sounds like they just went out well, there. And, you know, it's, it's a 30-second ad, and so they're probably going to be pretty limited. But, yeah, I mean, it was yeah. – it, it really did make me think, no, that, that yeah. can't be true. Yeah, they probably should not have told mm-hmm. that story in 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Bad choice of story. Well, yeah. and he could have even just said, I was walking so much more. Yeah, yes. <laughs> you know, ended yes. it right there. Yeah. Yeah, even around the block. I mean, mm-hmm. or or he could have, if you were going to do it, you could address this directly and say, mm-hmm. yes, this does seem unreal. Mm-hmm. And I agree. Most of them mm-hmm. will seem very unreal to you. And here are the reasons why it's not. Mm-hmm. But in that you can't do that in 30 seconds. Right, right. Now, along those same lines, one of the things that, that we're told, you know, as, mm-hmm. as we're supposed to be telling our stories, yeah. is that we should be vulnerable. Oh we my need God. to tell about oh. our woes, our trials, our tribulations. Why doesn't that always work? Oh, you can't see me. I'm shaking my head here. Uh, <laughs> and of but, course, I was being Miss Drama Queen. As no, no, you're absolutely right. <laughs> that is what people tell you. They mm-hmm. do. Uh, I've had so many clients. Either actually, I had a client who said, "But my my coach told me to make up something if I didn't mm-hmm. really have a hard." Right. Life. Story, mm-hmm. And I was cringing. Well, first of all, there I do have a background in academia, and I've studied a lot of psychology. Mm-hmm. And there is research showing that when being vulnerable makes sense if you already have high status. Mm-hmm. And I'm grossly oversimplifying the research, but that's what it says that you. Mm-hmm. 
or so for example, if Meryl Streep goes out on stage and says, I'm a little nervous today, we think, oh, that's cute. She's, yes. she's vulnerable. And, Barbara she's, Streisand gets nervous. You right. Know, those right. type of, mm-hmm. right. That's what, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But if an ordinary person who is just starting out says they're nervous, we think, well, you know, what a dweeb. I mean, something's yeah. wrong with they're them. They're supposed to be. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't want, and we look down on them. Mm-hmm. So that's the, the other thing is we, we use the word vulnerable the wrong way. I mean, Brene mm-hmm. Brown, who I mentioned, wrote a book mm-hmm. on being vulnerable, but this is not what she meant. She did not mean to bear all and tell your soul mm-hmm. and share your soul and open up every, you know, everything. What she meant was that you take risks. That's what mm-hmm. she meant. You right. speak up and people might treat you badly, but you're vulnerable. That's, that's mm-hmm. the kind of thing she was talking mm-hmm. about. She would never say, go out and tell your whole life history to strangers. Mm-hmm. So being vulnerable is really generally bad advice. Mm-hmm. What you want to do is be confident because uh, now there are times if you are a big star or, and you mm-hmm. want to show, or, you know, even a star coach or, mm-hmm. and you might want to show, yeah, I am human. I, I've done this, but I think that often backfires. Mm-hmm. There's one type of, of, persona, or you could say what I call archetype, who works, does this very well, what I call the role model. Mm -hmm. There are a few really, really great marketers who are, you're generally their coaches, they work with beginners, Mm -hmm. and they genuinely had really, really strong strong transitions to go Mm -hmm. from being unsuccessful to being successful. And they tell their stories. One of them I'm thinking of just tells her story over and over again in a very effective way. And you could, she, I don't know if she's really vulnerable, but she really talks about her background, mm-hmm. her, her illnesses and her personal issues. And she talks about that. And that works for her mm-hmm. because her message to her clients is what role models say is, if I could do it, you could do it. I mm-hmm. had all these issues. I had all these problems. Right. And she's very good at doing that mm-hmm. and, and a very, very creative way. Way, but not everyone can. There's a, a guy who was trying the same approach, but he's he also is talking about how he's you know living in New York and he gets four hundred dollar haircuts and how and that's really a different type of persona. Mm-hmm. But so he starts talking about when he was a kid, they were on mm-hmm. welfare. It's like no, we don't want we don't yeah. care. That yeah. is not Unless relevant. Somehow the in between no. is back to right. what you were saying, the right. purpose of why you're doing this. Right. And in his case, he was trying to sell himself as so successful. That's what I call the celebrity archetype, where he that he has this mansion, he lives in mm-hmm. this place in New York, he has the I I don't know if he has a private plane, but he's close to, he's got all this great stuff. So it's like, okay, that's what you're selling on. Mm-hmm. Don't turn around and talk about your childhood because we don't care. Right. At this point, what's gonna sell us is not your childhood of mm-hmm. misery it's your things you have now mm-hmm. i mean because it, it's not going to work you have to right. pick one or the other mm-hmm. if you want to show that you you came up the hard way you have a very different message mm-hmm. and in his case it was not appropriate it was also way too graphic that's the other thing about these stories mm-hmm. i mean I, they talk about things like one guy i i'm not making this up he's a very well-known marketer and copywriter mm-hmm. and i happened to listen to one of his podcasts actually and he started, I says, people are telling me I need to be vulnerable. And I'm thinking, you're a copywriter. You and you went, that. oh, no, oh, no. Yeah. And he <laughs> talked about, I'm, I'm not making this a how he was so depressed. He was suicidal. Mm-hmm. He had this and this at one point in his life. And I'm like, no, please stop. Don't right. do this anymore. TMI. Yeah, TMI. Now, for some people, that would have been appropriate right. if you were coaching mm-hmm. trauma trauma victims Mm -hmm, or a life coach or a therapist Mm -hmm. but not even a a lot of therapists won't do that because Mm -hmm. they want they actually have have codes have Mm -hmm. have, uh, ethical codes that 
prevent them. So, and I th- I'm beginning to think that's a good idea, mm-hmm. but he went into this and it was not appropriate. Mm-hmm. So you want to really think about when someone says be vulnerable, mm-hmm. what they really are saying is be confident, mm-hmm. take risks. That's how you should interpret mm-hmm. that. Get out there and, and, and promote yourself with pride. Mm-hmm. People want to hire someone who's strong and confident. Right. Like, you know, that story, like if you're talking to someone and they're coaching you and they tell their problems and you talk, you got two people in the room who are sharing their problem. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to pay for that. Mm -hmm. If I pay for you, I don't want to hear about you. Mm -hmm. I want to hear about me. And and you are not supposed to tell me about Mm -hmm. yourself. Even if it's relevant, it's probably Mm -hmm. not. So we remember that. We're on stage. We have our game face Mm -hmm. on every time we're working with clients. And it is tricky because we are also told that, you know, the, the, the no like trust thing, you know, we need to, to be human, to develop those relationships, all of those various things. But, you know, it, it, there is the TMI, there is this, or the opposite, the, right. hmm, so what? And you talk yeah. about that in, in your book, you know, and, and what's really hard is when you're writing, um, yeah. you know, because you can't pick up on the visual cues. You know, if, if you start having the nodding off, then, you know, if, if people are looking at you like, oh my gosh, tell me more, then, you know, that's okay. If they've got out their phone and their messaging and, you know, all these various things, then, you know, no, nope, no, nope, don't need to go there. Yeah. Um, but it, it is, it's, it's, there's, and, and sometimes it is, it's a very fine line between the TMI and the building a relationship. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, well, what I would say there is if someone says that, you do want to be human, but mm-hmm. you pick your stories. Right. Pick story. For example, there is a very well-known marketer who does that brilliantly. He's what the same archetype I am. He's an educator, which means people mm-hmm. hire him because he has knowledge to mm-hmm. share. Not because he was such a interesting person, but they hire him for his knowledge. Mm-hmm. But he does use examples from his life mm-hmm. and from his business to mm-hmm. illustrate points. That's certainly you can do, mm-hmm. and they're very carefully chosen. I mean, he never shows himself as being, you know, a total mess. <laughs> but he, he's very careful, mm-hmm. and and I I think I actually will talk about myself sometimes. I have to again be very careful because my persona is such that. People want to know about me. Mm-hmm. They don't really want to know that much. I mean, only if it's related directly mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm. For instance, I live in Philly, and I just moved from one part of town to another. And I, I, oh, I could have told stories up the wazoo about moving and the challenges, especially because I have a book on moving. If I were talking to that audience, I might do more of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I did a couple things in my easy. You know, I couldn't help myself a few times. I just even if you very carefully chose mm-hmm. the thing, people just don't want to hear about it. Right. That's not how they don't. They want. Or if they do, yeah. they'll ask. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's not what they come to me for. Right. They don't. I checked with my dog uh, across the bridge, and mm-hmm. I didn't even talk about it online, mm-hmm. except to a, a few personal places. Mm-hmm. People didn't want to know. And actually, that's, I should mention that's another thing. When you talk about yourself, your illness, if you have mm-hmm. an illness mm-hmm. or your animal has an illness or mm-hmm. you have a personal trauma, you are asking people to give emotional energy to you. Mm-hmm. Right. It, I mean, it is very hard to listen to someone talk about their parents' death mm-hmm. or their own personal illness. And, and you, you think, what am I going to do? And it, mm-hmm. it, it, it forces you to engage, but in a very, what's called emotion work way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're asking people to do this work. And mm-hmm. I don't think that's fair right. unless they're personal friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of them, if you've had subscribers for a long time and they, or you're in a, one of those elite 
coaching groups with mm-hmm. just 10 people for many, many thousands of dollars, they might have that relationship. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to hear it. I mm-hmm. mean, when I go to even, you know, my dentist mm-hmm. or uh, if I'm paying someone to coach me, I don't want to deal with that. Right. I want to deal with, or the one, you know, and sometimes there's a line when you're kind of personal, but I, I, during our session, when we're talking, it's on me. And mm-hmm. when the promotion, maybe a brief mention, mm-hmm. but I don't want to know. So right. I don't. I know that sounds harsh, and I, there are times when I genuinely care. I don't mind mm-hmm. um, my hairstylist. I mean, I know I go back for years, and mm-hmm. like my colorist, we talk about all kinds of stuff, mm-hmm. and that's fun. You're friends. I know we're friends, mm-hmm. but the, but the most ninety percent, ninety nine point nine percent of the people listening to your story don't know you, don't right. care. Mm-hmm. They want to know what are you going to do for me if I hire mm-hmm. you, and right. that is all they care about. Mm-hmm. Is that the professional comes first, mm-hmm. and then maybe the personal. Right. Anytime you get personal first, I have found this in my own. I've made this mistake. We all have. The relationship fails. Mm-hmm. You have to start with the professional. Once I know you're a great professional, mm-hmm. you're going to take care of me professionally. Over time, we'll do that. Mm-hmm. So when when you're looking for people in your blog, leave out the personal stuff. Right, right. It is embarrassing. Well, you know, the the nice thing is in yeah. this day and age, you can have multiple places. Absolutely. Um, you know, I'm I'm a cancer survivor, still going through treatment. Mm-hmm. I very rarely post about that on my general Facebook page mm-hmm. for a variety of reasons, most of which is most of those people don't care. Yeah. You know, and I know that. And, and and I shouldn't put it that way. It's not yeah. that they don't care. Right. It's that they don't want to hear it. Maybe no. is, yeah. And no. so I have a private group where I keep people posted. They have to ask to be part of the group, you know, so that way they expressed interest, mm-hmm. you know, all of those various things. And, but more importantly, for my clients, yes, they know, but they know a, a little bit, yeah. only because every once in a while it might affect my work. And yeah. so it might be something yeah. along the lines of, I'm going to be out the next two days. Yeah. Yeah. If they want more information, they ask, yeah. you know, and exactly. yeah, exactly. The, all they needed to know was I'm out two days. Yeah. Doesn't mean, doesn't matter whether I'm it, you know, whether it's health related or I'm going on vacation. Exactly. You know, the, you know and or you just decided you right? want to do, yeah. have, have I'm, a good I'm going to have a, 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 a watch a holiday movies and exactly. eat chocolate, you yeah. know, yeah, right. you know, and, and so that is the nice thing. And, you know, and, and so you could yeah. have a separate blog. Oh, absolutely. You could have you know, all you these things. Fr- and you need friends and you do need confidants. Right. So, mm-hmm. But I think what it is for me, it's the idea that you're asking people to do emotion work. And mm-hmm. I don't think that, that's a fair thing to do. Right. To impose on people. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they don't, especially if they're paying you. I mean, mm-hmm. I think I take that very seriously. Mm-hmm. And right. that's why when, and there also, there are so many stories mm-hmm. um, you can tell that will actually help you make sales. Mm-hmm. Why would you tell the story right. about being vulnerable mm-hmm. when you could be telling a story that will make people mm-hmm. want to buy from you? Right. You have friends. Mm-hmm. Your friends will listen to your stories day and night, but your clients, mm-hmm. they want to hear yeah. stories that will make them want to buy. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And make them want to tell uh, tell their other people about right. you. Exactly. Exactly. So now one of the things that we've, we hear a lot of stories about are the, the Cinderella stories, the oh. hard luck story, oh, yes. you know, and, 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 and again, you know, that's the, that is one of the things that, you know, we get told. I mean, I actually remember a marketing class where they said, this is a great way to be telling your story. Yeah. You know, the, 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 oh, woe is me. And this is back to the kind of the vulnerable. Right. But of right. course, Cinderella gets rescued. She gets yes. saved. Yes. yes. 
And oh, in this day and age, that just doesn't go over all that well. No, no. I like to say Cinderella makes a great movie, but a lousy marketing mm-hmm. story. That's one yeah. of my lines. Yeah, yeah. And, and what you know, what's interesting though is I talk about this in the book that you can turn Cinderella around. Mm-hmm. The godmother is really could tell right. the story. You know, she's a life coach. Mm-hmm. She says, mm-hmm. "Okay, you need what you need, lady. You need a coach. You need slippers. You need a gown. I'll do mm-hmm. that for you." Or actually, she's more of a fashion image consultant. Yeah. Yeah, she's not. Mm-hmm. A, co- a good coach will say, now, let me, let's talk. Mm-hmm. How can we make this happen? Mm-hmm. But an image consultant will do it. So, and that's mm-hmm. great. So she would have a success story. And mm-hmm. she could tell the Cinderella story from mm-hmm. her perspective. But Cinderella is just like, you know, just, <laughs> you're right. I'm just rescue me. And that's, mm-hmm. that's not a marketing story. Well, and, and let's be honest, especially from a female point of view. Oh, yes. I do not want to be rescued. I might want to be helped. Yeah. I might want to have mentors, you yeah. know, all of these various things, but I do not want to be rescued. And more importantly, I don't want to tell people I needed yeah. to be rescued. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. You don't want to be rescued by a handsome prince. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. Now, you know, I have a handsome prince and that's great, but he didn't rescue me from no. anything. No. You know, now you've got different types of stories. So talk to us about those because, you know, it's, 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 in, they really do fall under certain categories yes. as yeah. to what the stories are. And, and again, yes. it comes back to what the purpose is, but tell us a little bit more about that. Okay. Well, there are, I identify in the book four kinds of story. Mm-hmm. And um, there are the first is the rags to riches or journey story. Mm-hmm. And I don't like those, but they do have their place. I'm not mm-hmm. going to say any more about them because we've mm-hmm. been through that. Right. It's really not rags to riches. It's really how I had, I'm actually looking at another page here, mm-hmm. uh, about how, what was your journey to get mm-hmm. where you are. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, that makes sense. Right. The second type of story is what I call your origin story. Mm-hmm. Now, your, uh, people often say, how did you start your business? Mm-hmm. But they want to hear, when someone says to you, I'll give everyone this, this tip that I share with my clients. When someone says, tell me how you decided to start your business, answer them with a passion story. The passion story mm-hmm. answers the question, not how did you start your business, but why are you so passionate that you will care and that I should hire you because you will go the extra mile. So it might be something like me saying, well, I got so tired of people being told that they had to have a hard luck story, that they actually told stories that mm-hmm. backfired and they hurt themselves. Right. So I wanted them to know they don't mm-hmm. have to do that. Mm-hmm. Or I, I saw people staying up all night to try to write their copy and I wanted to show them another way to do it. Mm-hmm. So those would be really, it's not how I started the business in the sense of, well, I woke up one day and you know, it's more I like- I decided to be an entrepreneur. Right. Oh, yes. I yes. Uh, but it's more. Like, I got fired, and I, I got had no other choice. That. Mm. That's, there are people who use that. Right. No, but but use that. But that. I mean, you're missing an opportunity mm-hmm. to to get your clients motivated. You say, mm-hmm. here. What you're really saying is, here's why. For instance, I worked with a lawyer who was a uh, a debt collection mm-hmm. lawyer. I didn't know they had those. There's a word for. It. But that's what she did. People paid her to collect bad debts. Mm-hmm bad debts. And that sounds like a really mean person. It so does. She, yeah. <laughs> so she needed to humanize her, her story. Mm-hmm. And the way she did that was she talked about at the appropriate moments, it, uh, how her growing up, her family depended on income from rental property. Mm-hmm. And if people didn't pay, they didn't eat. And mm-hmm. for her, that was a very appropriate story right. to 
tell because it humanized her. I mean, people are scared of attorneys, let's face mm -hmm. it. And, and, and we don't like them. And, no, yeah. I, I, have some, oh, I have more attorney stories since my move. But, mm -hmm. the, um, but it explained why she cared and why she empathized. Mm -hmm. and it, it supported her in mm -hmm. getting clients. It didn't work against her. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just, this is about me. So this next is the, um, that's the second type, the, pa the really the origin, which I would rather see you say it's your passion story. Mm -hmm. The third is your success story. And this is, if you are an entrepreneur or business owner listening out there, have at least three or four success stories at your fingertips. Mm -hmm. One story you must have is your success story. Mm -hmm. This is the story of how you helped a client using your proprietary methods. So it might be the godmother in Cinderella has a success story. Cinderella mm -hmm. got her, reached her goals. You might not like her goals, but hey, she reached them. Right. Uh, and they're her goals. They're her goals, right. And so you have a success story tailored to your audience. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you tell it, you asked about how you tell the truth. You can modify that. If, so I wrote a blog post on helping someone write their website, and that was mm -hmm. my version of a success story. Mm -hmm. I have done this for many people, but I wanted to attract financial advisors, financial mm -hmm. planners, so I made the hero, my client, a financial planner. Mm -hmm. I have worked with one. You, you have a hero that your clients identify with. Mm -hmm. So for instance, if I'm reaching an audience of financials, services, tech people, most coaches, I'm not going to talk about my astrological clients. Right. They're going to go, no. No. <laughs> but although I do have some, but I, mm -hmm. would, I would talk about my attorney clients. My mm -hmm. uh, and uh, so you have a successor. I have three or four. Mm -hmm. When I work with clients, here's another tip. When you write your, your own copy or you work with a copywriter, show up with three or four stories that are success stories, mm -hmm. how you help people solve mm -hmm. their problems mm -hmm. and you're the hero but you're the guide you're mm -hmm. you're not a takeover type hero right so that's the third and the fourth is the concept story and we've actually been talking a mm -hmm. lot we've used a lot of concept stories mm -hmm. so for instance my story of how you write copy where the copywriter is the quarterback and mm -hmm. the designer is the offensive line is a concept story mm -hmm. concept story is especially critical if you have a complex business mm -hmm. or a service nobody has heard of mm. you have to the only way to get it across a lot of times is by telling a concept story. Mm -hmm. I was working with um, um, with clients recently who do some kind of way of helping people get more traffic, and they have very complex SEO techniques. They have analytical techniques, and I'm like, no, no. You, what you have to do, your audience doesn't understand these techniques. What they want to know is, okay, I'm a client. I'm not getting enough traffic. Walk me through what I'm going to do and mm -hmm. how I'm going to get more clients. That's and then how I'm going to be successful. That's what you want to do. Explain the concept. Uh, another ex famous example is the. Do you know the Wall Street Journal story where two guys started the mailroom the same day and both of them climbed up the corporate ladder? One of them, ten years later, one is a vice president, one is still a low-level manager. What was the difference? One read the Wall Street Journal and one didn't. Mm -hmm. That is a great way to come up with a story. Mm -hmm. In fact, that's kind of a go-to story. If a client says, I don't know where to go, let's do it. Let's have two people. One of them used your technique and one didn't. Mm -hmm. that's, and that create that's a concept story. Mm -hmm. so those are four ways. And I talk about, them, as you mm -hmm. said, a lot in the book, four uh, types of stories that you can have in your arsenal, uh, which are much stronger than how you were, you suffered and mm -hmm. you know, how you, you suffered in starting your business. Right. Well, Kathy, what happens when somebody tells you, 
I have a boring business. I sell insurance. I sell office supplies. I'm a CPA. I don't have anything anybody cares about. Oh, of course they do. Uh, you have a lot of stories. The CPA has to be careful because they, what they can tell. Right, um, right. They, they can't, can't say, oh, they yeah, there was this person. You wouldn't believe right. their books. But and I same can, with attorneys. And yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, right. you do have to be careful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, what about, let me give you a money coach, which is mm-hmm. similar to a CPA, because I like to okay. talk about financial people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is, uh, I heard this woman at a networking event. And it was the most powerful introduction I have heard. I have it in the book. She, I mean, it's a potentially boring. I mean, because money coaches talk about budgets. They try mm-hmm. to inspire you to have a money mindset, which can be, you know, that it might be interesting. But at some point, it's like telling you, you got to save more money. Right. It's things we don't want to hear. So she told a great story. She said she had a client who came to her who had not saved a lot of money, who did not have money, and and was actually in debt, had credit card debt up the wazoo, really wanted to buy a house and did not know what to do. And she said, well, we worked together. We did this. We did that. And just last week, she closed on her first home. And I have to say, true story, everyone in the room went over to her and say, Mm -hmm. can I have your card? Because either I'm in that position or Mm -hmm. I know someone who every single one of us does. Mm -hmm. She made that and and she did not violate any confidences. Mm -hmm. She did not break any ethical Mm -hmm. codes. I don't know if a planner could tell that story that I'd have to ask them Mm -hmm. what the ethical code was. Some would, some would not. Mm -hmm. And, but I will say that that is a riveting story. Mm-hmm. I actually also did um, a case study for a, a tech company. That's potentially boring, you know, mm-hmm. that computer system works. But you don't do that. What you say is, these people had a problem. They did not know how to accomplish this task they wanted mm-hmm. to do. And you, make, you describe the task. You leave people in suspense. Like, they wanted to have access to more information. You don't get into data. Database is a boring word. You can find mm-hmm. another way to say it. They needed this information. And they. what we did was we showed them with our databases, now they're able to do these things. Mm-hmm. And this gives them a certain status. They can get more funding. They can mm-hmm. do things. So you focus on how people use the product. Right. There is no such thing as a boring business. Mm-hmm. I have worked with inventory control. You cannot get more boring than that. It does sound boring. No, no. We we actually we actually use the metaphor. We, we said that um, what you're doing is you're you're telling. It's like your warehouse is like a Cinderella story. We we've had all kinds of things about how you can warehouse what you can do and what the, what you want to do is either learn yourself or work with a copywriter, even if you only have one session to ask the copywriter for some ideas and you want someone maybe who knows something about mm-hmm. the industry, but you don't want an industry expert right. because they're going to, they won't recognize this is right. jargon. Get away from jargon. Mm-hmm. You could always tell a story mm-hmm. and make it come alive for your customer. Right. I've never had it not happen. Right. Yeah. Let's, let's talk a little bit more about that. And that's, actually working with someone. Right. Um, I had someone who looked at one of my websites the other day and, and um, they went, oh my God, it is so well written. And I said, that's because I had a copywriter. And they, and they said, but aren't you a marketing person? Yeah. yeah. And I said, yes, but it's very difficult yeah. to write your own stuff. Um, you know, I work with people on writing their LinkedIn profiles. Mm-hmm. It is darn near impossible to write your own interesting 
LinkedIn profile. For one thing, we don't like to brag about ourselves, especially yeah. as women. Now, guys, you know, they're, they, but, but even men, they don't always like to brag about themselves. Yeah, you know, and, and so why is it so important to actually work with a, a professional copywriter? Well, for one thing, you save time. I mean, I do this all day, all, mm-hmm. every day. I've worked with different people. I recently worked with a client who mm-hmm. said, I know how to do this, but it's been on my to-do list for three months. Mm-hmm. During that time, I'm not getting clients because right. I don't have my, the website set mm-hmm. up for my new business. Mm-hmm. We got the thing turned around in two weeks, mm-hmm. got her website up and running. Right. It's not because I'm especially brilliant. Although, you know, of course, I like to You are. Speak. Well, you are a PhD. I yeah, mean, you right. know, and you well, went to Wharton. Right. I mean, you know, you're, you're well, not a slug. Right. Well, <laughs> I like to think I'm, you know, something. But the, the Smarter thing, than your average bear. Well. Now, I, I really date myself by saying that. But. I know, no, I'd say that too. But what, <laughs> what you are is, um, but it's because I do this so much mm-hmm. that I actually had someone say, they handed me a bunch of notes. Actually, they didn't even have notes. They had nothing. We talked our way through mm-hmm. it in a call. And I was able to pull out from what they said, what a story was, because mm-hmm. I've just done this. I could right. just see the bones of the story mm-hmm. emerging mm-hmm. as I, as I, as I listened to them. And mm-hmm. by the end of the call, we had a, you know, a, a sense of direction. So a lot of it is that your copywriter has been mm-hmm. there, done that, been mm-hmm. around the block and has heard it all, mm-hmm. seen it all. The second thing is we know what to focus on. For instance, mm-hmm. with a client, one of the first things I'll say is what is your client's backstory? Where, where are they coming from? Mm-hmm. And so Simply saying these things out loud will allow you to realize what you, how much you know and what mm-hmm. you don't know. And a lot of times just, just verbalizing to someone who is listening to you mm-hmm. and, and totally focused on you will make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. So we know a lot. We've been there. We've seen a lot. We're outside. Uh, we, we're new. To, we bring a fresh pair of eyes. Mm-hmm. And we're like, more like your client. I mean, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to think like an SEO expert. Mm-hmm. I'm going to think like someone who's hiring right. an SEO expert. Right. I'm not going to think like a CPA. Mm-hmm. I'm going to think like someone who's hiring a CPA. Mm-hmm. So I will ask different questions. But mm-hmm. the other thing is that we have training. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why if you go to these websites that hire a bargain basement copywriter, and I mean, there are some good ones, but they're not mm-hmm. getting bargain basement rates. If mm-hmm. you're paying, you know, 20 bucks an hour, you're going to get a $20 an hour copywriter mm-hmm. most of the time, 99.9% right. of the time. And when you're starting out, maybe. Mm. Well, you know what I would tell you to do if you're starting out and you can't afford a copywriter, do it. What you want to do is get a buy. There are lots of inexpensive courses online free Mm -hmm. and hire someone like me for or another copywriter Mm -hmm. for an hour or two Mm -hmm. to go over your work and critique it. Oh, I like that. Mm -hmm. Better use of your money. Mm -hmm. So if you have a budget of say five hundred dollars. Use it for part DIY, mm-hmm. part learning, and part getting your mm-hmm. outside critique from an expert. You're going to pay a lot of money. It's going to seem, it's actually mm-hmm. very cheap if you've been around the block, well, you know, people charge you five grand for mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Right. And, and of course, you know, when, when you're starting out, you don't want people to know you're just starting out. Right. So, right. you know, and, and we've talked about this in, in other programs where, you know, you need to do what you need to do yeah. to make yourself look professional. Yes. Um, you know, and, and, uh, you know, and, and, and there's, you know, certainly lots of, of ways that you need to be doing that, but a big part of that is your yeah. messaging. Yes. Um, you yes. know, if that comes across as golly gee shucks, I've never done yep. this. Yep. Then I'm thinking and golly gee shucks, why should I pay? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you must be confident. In fact, one thing I tell people is clients want you to brag. Right. 
they want to brag about you. They want mm-hmm. to say, oh, I hired Deb. She's a mar- that's my marketing coach. I'm so mm-hmm. lucky. She's famous. They want to say that about you. Mm-hmm. They don't want to say, I hired this woman who's, you know, I mean, yeah. they, they want to say, I hired a famous person. Mm-hmm. I hired a, an expert. Right. You know, and, and there are certainly ways, even when you're just starting out, and we've kind of talked a little bit about that, where there are ways to tell your story so that you're not saying, I just opened my door, you know, right. 10 days ago. Um, you know, you talk about your, your knowledge, you know, all these various things. It, it's funny. I work with, um, you know, college students hmm. and they say, well, what do, oh, and, and, or maybe, you know, it's, it's a mom who's going back to work. And I say, well, just because you haven't been working doesn't mean you don't have experience. You know, what have you been doing volunteering, which is a, yes. you know, that's always a, a huge thing. Yeah. You know, all these various things, there's so many other things that can tie in, you know, and you don't have to tell people now, you know, it, it, that comes back to the, you know, being, <laughs> are we changing the truth here or not? I mean, you don't have to say you were a volunteer, no. but you know, I also tell people don't lie about it. Don't make people think that you were a paid person at, at right. something. Well, you um, can finesse the whole thing too. Right. When I started my career site, I know a lot about careers, but I, didn't mm-hmm. have, I did get some free clients and use testimonials, mm-hmm. but I did a lot of writing blog posts mm-hmm. showing my expertise, demonstrating right. it. Author- mm-hmm. I do a lot of that. That's called authority content, where mm-hmm. you use content to show your authority. Mm-hmm. You're not lying. You're just right. sharing information and people mm-hmm. see that and say oh well you know a lot about this so therefore mm-hmm. you're obviously an expert and then mm-hmm. the question of how long doesn't come into the picture mm-hmm. so there's so many and that's where you know as you said I, someone who's been doing this a long time mm-hmm. think of things because yeah there are lots of ways to show that you're an expert mm-hmm. there are lots without bragging by being professional mm-hmm. and when you're, even if you're just starting out right. there's always a way to do something with a story mm-hmm. right well, we've been talking about your storytelling book. You're writing two more books. Tell us about those. Well, and it just I, means that I have to have you on again. Oh, I'd love it. I'll, I'll come on <laughs> any time. Well, there's two. One is I have worked, as I said, with financial planners mm-hmm. and, and banking people, people who are in finance. Mm-hmm. And, um, they actually, they like stories. They have to use stories. Right. They, but story. they're very limited. Very limited. They can't brag. Well, they can. They can't promise. Right. They can do. Depending on who they are, they can show certain things. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I want to write a book on how to use a lot. And a lot of them don't know how to write content. They need content. Mm-hmm. So I'm writing a book on storytelling. Someone suggested calling it content strategy. That puts them to sleep. It's going to be storytelling for financial service professionals. Oh, yeah. Content strategy. Oh, sleep. Yeah. I mean, it's what we do, but it's mm-hmm. sleep. it's a sleeper. Mm-hmm. The second one is um, I have an extension of my first book where I talk about more generally that my my premise is very briefly is that if you're a small business you can't brand like Budweiser or Nike right. and a lot of times people go to workshops and they're all the examples are Budweiser and Nike yeah and, and you're thinking sure if I had that much money, money yeah and they tell you like have a warm like I love the Budweiser commercials with mm-hmm. the dogs I just oh I know yeah. or the lot yeah the yeah, lost but, pony yeah. oh yeah you, but you can you you don't when you're a small business you mm-hmm. have to brand yourself first of all it's usually about you right and your style so mm-hmm. there are five brand we've touched on them during the call I've snuck mm-hmm. them in things like the educator mm-hmm. the innovator the um uh, 
passionate advocate, mm-hmm. celebrity, and the role model. Mm-hmm. And every small business I've ever worked with fits into one of those. Mm-hmm. There are some subcategories. Mm-hmm. And what that does is it gives you consistency in your branding. Mm-hmm. I have even gone through and looked at the way people sign their emails. And the way you sign your emails, like um, the, the celebrity, those are the ones who, you know, they use outrageous language, they're outrageous mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. They've got mansions and planes. They almost always sign hugs and, and love. For some- <laughs> and, and you're thinking, yeah, right. Right. Well, actually, if you bought into them, you you accept that. That's, That's true. Persona. They've got yeah. this world class. Loves me. They've got this hug for the virtual mm-hmm. hug. Mm-hmm. And and the role models uh, just sign like uh, to your success. Almost. Right. And it's not a it's not a formula. They just instinctively do it. Mm-hmm. I I do them out like until next time or or something like that. Mm-hmm. The educators do, or cheers. Actually, innovators. I don't know why. Almost everyone who's an innovator signs cheers. One guy, the British, and if you're British, you always sign cheers. Oh, yes. Cheers. Mm-hmm. But uh, so um, even down to that, but it, it gives you a consistent image online. It tells you what, exactly what kind of content you should be writing, Ooh. but it's not so restrictive. Mm-hmm. I just worked actually with a, a, someone who was very, very successful. Mm-hmm. She had worked with two branding coaches, and she said, I can't believe it in not less than half an hour of, of a 90 minute call. We had my brand nailed. And she said, I had one coach who took four months to tell me what my colors were. So <laughs> it's like, so it's a very efficient way of branding, but mm-hmm. I don't claim it's for everyone. It is not for the big companies. Mm-hmm. It is not for a product. I mean, mm-hmm. it might, but I'm not going to go there. Right. It's for entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. service professionals, small businesses only when you are the brand, it Ooh. works. So I love it. Yeah, so I've got that one where I'm working on that. That's mm-hmm. my next. I'll let you know when it's done. Oh, yes, yes. And, and you know, it, that is something that I'm very interested in. So can't wait to have you on again to, to talk about that. Okay. You know, and uh, Kathy, we're at the top of the hour. Can you believe it? <laughs> no. Um, this really has been so much fun. And, you know, it's it's so interesting because, you know, we're told we have to tell stories. And we should tell stories, you know, and, and, but there are obviously appropriate times. There are appropriate stories. Always, as you said, remember what your purpose is. Why do you want to tell that story? You know, and who are you telling it to? Um, you know, and, and I got uh, this from reading your book, which is called Grow Your Business One Story at a Time, How Strategic Storytelling Helps You Stand Out and Succeed in a Crowded Marketplace. The fun thing is it's easy to find you online because it's just Kathy Goodwin, Kathy with a C dot com, you know, and, and so tell us, you know, do you have any final thoughts to, to leave everyone with? Yeah, I, yeah, I like to say, I can give you a summary. Richard Branson is famous for saying, you need a story for your business or entrepreneurs today must be storytellers. And that is absolutely true. And I would say, but Kathy Goodwin adds, it must be the right story. I love it. I love it. Well, Kathy, this really has been absolutely delightful. I've had so much time getting to know you and getting to know more about your storytelling. Can't wait to have you on again to talk about branding because that is, you know, that is one of those things that is very interesting to me and so incredibly important to entrepreneurs, small business owners. So until then, I'm Deb Creer. I've been having a fabulous time talking with Kathy Goodwin and everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.